you just need to have really rock stars if you demand everything and anything from, from them that needs to be done to get the main result, right? If you, for example... Hello out there and welcome to our weekly Ask the CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Today's topic of our Q&A session is how to hire the right people. Getting the right people on board and into work seems to be something getting constantly harder and harder. When you are missing skills on the one side, you miss most probably opportunities on the other. And missing constantly opportunities could endanger the survival of any organization. How to close the gaps and create an environment where hiring the right people becomes a matter of days rather than months, you'll find out in this session. See you in a flash on the other side. So, hello, man, welcome to a new session here at the Virtual Frontier Ask the CEO is uh, our topic today, uh, how to hire the right people for your team, for your company. Um, first, we have uh, spoken in the, in the past uh, about uh, finding the, the top talents or what, what you should do in the, the company structure, how to overcome shortages and everything. So now we want to uh, take a little bit more into the topic, how to really find the right people for, for your team. Um, often it comes together with uh, the hiring problem or finding the right uh, talent um, with a fit, um, getting clarity about the gaps you, you want, wanted to fill. And I can uh, see that there are many companies or, or people that are in the hiring process that are need to fill gaps, but they're not really sure what the gaps are or have not, not such a clarity about it. And I would like to ask you, what, what steps could you done or take to get more clarity on this filling gap? Mm. Yeah, that, that is uh, also confirmed in a recent study by the Harvard University saying exactly this, that there are a lot of managers knowing they have too high workload and too much to do, and they just need like yeah, 80 kilo of meat. <laughs> so. A person, male or female, doesn't matter with some some time so they can take off the work from their shoulders, but rarely they know specifically what they want. And first of all, you need to decide if you want to hire a person where you can delegate single tasks to, right? Which is a person that just executes what you delegate to. That's a typical assistant person. Or if you want to delegate ownership and accountability for a part of your business too, which could be an entire team, which could be a part of your, of your business, for example, the sales part or the marketing part, right? Um, so that is the first thing you need to be clear on what do I want to delegate. And sometimes, like if you want to find a person because you have too much work, sometimes it really just helps to write down which work takes how much time. And then if you have this transparency in a list, very often you see that some work is simply just there because someone asked you to do that and it doesn't really make sense because it doesn't contribute to your goals. So in other words, it's not important. Then you can simply stop that 
while other work might be a waste of your time because you don't have the skills and you don't like this kind of work. So it's better if you delegate it to someone. And if you don't have this person, then it makes sense to hire a person to delegate this kind of work to. Now, if you have a part of your business that is way behind, for example, you need to win more clients, so you need to grow your sales team or your marketing team, and you have no idea how to do it because you are a tech guy or business owner without these sales and marketing skills, then you need to hire a smart brain with experience in growing a sales department or a marketing department or both. And then you delegate ownership and accountability for the KPI, how much new sales did you close? And you let the person do and build what he or she thinks in order to achieve that goal. So these two things are the first step to get this clarity, I would say. I can hear the alarm bell rings uh, on, on some uh, um, managers or, or company owners that are really uh, like to have the control over this uh, uh, ownerships and, and accountabilities, whatever. So, but uh, what, what steps could be done to loosen up that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you, that, that is the first thing you decide, right? Do you want to delegate by tasks or by, by accountability and ownership? Because if you hire a person um, to fill a knowledge and experience gap, for example, to grow your sales team and you have no idea how to do it, and then you want to control what the person does, you fail. I mean, because you hire a person that should be smarter than you and more experienced than you in building this department, and then you want to control the activities, which means that you assume that you are smarter, knowing better what needs to be done. So this is, I mean, this is a contradiction, right? This is just not smart. You won't be successful with that. And what you should do instead, of course, is to control the outcome. So look at the sales KPIs and ask the person, what you can expect, which results you can expect. And an experienced person will tell you in the beginning that he or she needs two or three months or even more to build that all up and then see like how much sales we can get with a product portfolio the company has. Same for the marketing team. And then based on that, you can set realistic expectations. But in the beginning, you have to know that you can't know it. And you need to live with that uncertainty, which is for most control freaks really hard but it's the only way how to deal with it i don't know anything else right that's the way to delegate properly yeah mm, let's dive to the, the technical part of um, putting out uh, jobs description and getting like the uh, hiring life cycle um, ongoing so what do i need to put in uh, my job description to scare away any top talent <laughs> to scare away any top talent. So we go into a yeah. negative direction, right? <laughs> so the best thing to scare most people is that you put a bunch of things they need to bring to work in your business without telling them what they should achieve and how you want to show them that they are successful and which support they get. So having all kinds of abstract expectations no one can understand and follow, this is, I would say, the right thing to never attract great talent. This is, by the, same, by the way, the same thing that you want to do if you want to blow a lot of money out into any marketing platforms and don't win a single client. You want mm -hmm. to be abstract and broad as hell to talk to anyone, but don't be specifically talking to the right people. So that's okay. how you do it totally I, wrong. I, I, I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
when when we have a, done uh, uh, the right job description, uh, um, avoiding all these uh, uh, things just mentioned, um, how the job a good job description can help us to easen up the the onboarding process later later on <laughs> okay so let's go one step back and talk about how, what you should really put into the job description exactly. and then we go to the onboarding so what is a good job description like i said it's like marketing right the headline should be the one thing that attracts the person typically it's a it's the the job description like software developer which is okay because then the person who wants to work in a software development job knows exactly this is for me Right. Um, if you have abstract titles that no one understands and identifies him or herself with, then simply you don't get any traffic on that job post. So the headline. And then you should start with the purpose of the role, saying like, our business needs you in order to, and then what we want from you, grow revenues or develop a software our users love, or I don't know, whatever you want. What's the purpose of this role? Why do we need this person? By the way, that answers the question, what's your gap? A person that helps us grow sales. And if the gap is, you, you need to have a person that can close deals, that's a different thing than building a sales department to close sales, right? So you can also say, sales representative, uh, we need you to close deals that come in from our marketing team. And then you put in the accountability. So what is the person accountable for? So which stakes do they hold? Or in other words, which KPIs do they monitor? in order to see if what they are doing is effective or not. That for a salesperson, it's typically um, the amount of deals closed in euro and quantity. And then for a marketing team is uh, the amount of leads generated. We're talking about B2B or the amount of sales um, generated online, if we're talking about B2C and so on. Like if for um, a product owner, it's uh, the net promoter score. So how do your users like the product you develop? So this is the accountability part, okay? And then the responsibility, I would not put that in the job description. I would put that into the onboarding. This is the regular activities and tasks the person should do. This should be a minimum that you, that you tell them already because they should also decide which activities they should do in order to increase the KPIs, which are part of the accountability, right? And then you can also put the section into, okay, what do we have for you? So what can we provide as a business, like uh, freedom to choose where you want, when you want, how much you want to work? Um, if you have a kicker and you think this is something special, put it in and all this stuff, right? So that the person needs to know why they should work with you. It's like winning clients. It's marketing. You need to attract people and catch them with their interests so that they are willing to work with you. That's... And that's the structure of a good job post, I would say. Okay. Um, so let's assume the job posting is all. We're getting the first um, applicants on, on, on the job description um, or on a job offering. So who, who, who's in the end uh, responsible for, for the hiring? I, I'm not talking like about the technical part, um, who, who's uh, executing the contract or whatever. Um, so, so who should take responsibility? On, on hiring the right person for the job? Is it something that should be done by HR or maybe some, some, someone else? No, it's the person in charge. I mean, it's the person that has the demand. It's the person that says, I need another expert with this and that skills in order to help me and then bridge the gap, whatever you need, right? So HR is responsible to do the technical stuff like, um, of course, creating job posts, um, 
coaching maybe the person with a demand to to define the right things, accountability, responsibility, and purpose, and then also put a job post out on different talent marketplaces and platforms, do the soft skill assessment, do the hard skill assessment, do the expert interview, right? So the other steps, and then provide these insights transparently to the person with the demand. And then the person can look at it and say, okay, that makes sense. I, 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 I think this is good hire. And then I want to have another interview. So talk to the person in person. But then in charge is the person who has the demand and this is the person to decide. And HR just supports this process. Yeah. Mm. So uh, working especially like with people from around the globe, different backgrounds, different cultures. Um, how do I avoid to make biased decisions on the hiring process? This, um, this is mm -hmm. something we probably have some, sometimes in mind, but it's, it's a really strong thing that accompanies uh, us uh, a lot of uh, time. So how we can assure that our decision is uh, most probably not biased uh, when we hire a person or we are in the hiring process? Yeah. Yeah, by separating and delegating, right? You break down different parts of the assessment and then you delegate it to different people so they can give their objective opinion on this specific part and then they put it all together and this is how you get transparency over all parts. And then you don't just make the decision based on, oh, I like this person, I like how the person smells, looks, talks, smiles, whatever. But you look at the criteria that are important to be a cultural fit, right? Soft skills. And to be a fit for the job itself, for doing the work, hard skills. And you look at all these parameters and then you talk to the person and see if what you can read based on the objective feedback of other experts and what you see and feel when talking to the person, if this still matches, right? And if it's yes, then I would say it's a good hire. It's an aligned hire, aligned with the opinion of other experts that are able to give this opinion because they have the expertise. And if you just leave that to one person, I think it's almost impossible to make a well-informed, a, a well non-biased hiring. No. Yeah. Mm, I can see there are some, sometimes there's a tendency to get the best person for the job, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but this could be uh, somehow uh, hinder myself or the company to get the work done. So why, why I should focus uh, probably better on getting the right person instead of the, the best person or the rock stars that are, are always in, in, in demand, right? Uh, I can see that in a lot of job postings, we want the rock stars, we want you uh, to top performer and everything, but uh, yeah. that maybe is not the right approach. I mean, some done. jobs definitely they need the rock stars, right? If you want to build a, um, a space shuttle or so, and you need to have the top-notch engineers that build something that never was built before, and they need to invent that. I think you need to have really, really good people, smart people, creative people, experienced people with this specific part. But for example, let's go in the digital area, software development, digital marketing. I mean, that's all complex, but you just need to have really rock stars if you demand everything and anything from, from them that needs to be done to get the main result, right? If you, for example, a lot of people hire software developers and what they really mean is they mean a person that knows software front-end and back-end development, knows how to test software properly, 
knows different cloud platforms to be a DevOps engineer and set up the infrastructure. Um, also understand a little bit about user experience and UX. Be a good manager, be a good communicator. So that's that's a hell load of, I mean, skills that rarely are combined in one person. And this is, I think, what people mean when they are looking for this absolute rock star. If they are looking for a rock star developer, it's a developer that really knows how to like translate requirements into code. Now, if you also want this person to be an architect, you request skills of being an architect, but this is not what a developer does, right? That's a different thing. And you really need to understand the different layers of skills and how they, how they interact with each other. And if you have clarity on that, it's so much easier to hire a software architect and a good software developer than hiring a software developer and expecting the person can also create the architecture. And that's the same with like UI design, UX design, or software development and quality assurance and DevOps engineers. You don't want to combine these things, right? Then I think it's easier to find experts than really highly skilled all-rounders. Hmm. Last question for, for today, Manuel, from my side. Um, that people are getting uh, a an, an practical insight on how um, the, the hiring process um, was a couple of years ago um, with your company at Bright Solutions um, and how the, the life cycle has changed probably, how, how much time you have uh, spent in, in the past a couple of years <laughs> ago to find the right talent and how much time that, uh, does it take today and what is maybe the difference in, in, in getting the work done? Yeah, so that's definitely a big change. I mean, say four years ago, five years ago, I hired based on criteria you have time and you can breathe, you are in because it was so hard to find people that have time, right? And then I tried to hire them for at least an overlap of cultural fit and I decided to train them on skills. So this is still how I do it, cultural fit first and skills you can train, but um, they need to bring a base level of skills to be able to do the job successfully, otherwise they just get overhemmed. So I'm now much more clear on which roles I need. We have clear role descriptions for really every role. We have onboardings, even automated onboardings using video trainings for every role, but you can only create this when you are clear about the role, right? And I didn't have that. So I had a lot of wrong hires. And even if I found a person, it was hard to get the person productive. And, I, and then I did like try to have the person in this one job, okay, it doesn't work. Then I try to put the person in another job, mm, still doesn't work. And I try mm. to shift people to find a job for them. That is a, that is a fit, but that, that rarely worked. And it took me, yeah, three to six months to find a person to hire locally. While now today, people get crazy in our business when they are waiting for two weeks, right? Because yeah. they are used to get people so fast. And that's why they think, okay, two weeks, well, that's really long. I'm used to get people in like, I don't know, four, four days, 10 days, but not two or three weeks. So that really changed. And also, as we separated the roles and we are more clear on like accountability, responsibility per role and what the purpose of this role is, we can really hire experts, really hire experts with us with a very narrow set of skills where these people are really good at. And then our processes helps these different people collaborate properly and leads them with a leadership system to create the result the team should create. And I don't expect that from a single person. So that, that changed, I would say, everything. 
Awesome. Manu, any words you would like to add for, for our audience? If not, yeah, I mean, it's today. a good exercise to just um, put a piece of paper in front of you and take a pen and write down for yourself. So I'm needed in this team. So that and then the result, this is the purpose, right? Why you are required in this team. And then you, you write down, um, I look at this and that number to understand objectively if I'm successful. And you write down the list of numbers you look at, right? Satisfaction of client, numbers, NPS. Um, amount of deals closed if you're in a sales team, um, the amount of bugs I produced if I'm a software developer, etc. Right. And one important thing is to make these numbers visible because this gives you objective feedback independently from people that just have an opinion and today they feel good. So they tell you you are good and tomorrow they are feeling not so good. So they tell you you are not so good. Right. This is biased, um, biased feedback. And numbers make it very objective, so you can really see if you are doing well or not. And if you are not doing well, then you can ask yourself, okay, what do I need to improve? And you maybe can ask a mentor or a coach in the business to help you understand that. So this is the environment that gives you freedom and independence because you can always see how you are doing and you don't depend on other people. And it starts with writing down what that is. So I recommend doing that as a first exercise which gives you good insights especially if the entire team does that and then you look at each other and you look at the job post and ask yourself okay what this person wrote is this the expectation i have for this person hmm. and if this matches awesome if not you have to talk and adjust that's it great <laughs> manu thank you very much for your time um your insights and shared experience see you next week on our next q a session Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you found this session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article on how to hire the right people. Now it's your turn. How do you tackle the issue of getting the right people hired at the right time? What did we miss in our conversation today? How can we do better? You know the best. Hit us with the comments and reviews. We are happy to engage. And before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give it a thumb up and share the session around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up for the free business builder training on flashup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time. Work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers.